Three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Plain Ward. It's me, however, this time we're doing things a little differently. So this pod is going to be the end of the year pod where I ask uh, every guest who has been on the podcast um, what their favorite movie of the year was and why. And then they have a wild card pick, something that they liked, hated, underrated, something like that. Just kind of an excuse to talk about uh, another movie that maybe not a lot of people have seen. So here with me today is my sister, Cindy. Cindy, how are you? Good. Good. Awesome. All right. So Cindy and I are going to do a practice run of how this is going to work for you guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Cindy, what was your favorite movie of 2021? Probably Corella because it was it like I'm 10 and I don't like scary movies. Uh So it was it wasn't scary. It was really good. It had a lot of action, Uh which I like that and i really liked how there were like two different parts of her uh-huh yeah two different but sides I spoil it, so. right right yeah no corella was a lot of fun i had a good time with that a lot of fun costumes a lot of dogs you like dogs but not those type that's true <laughs> different dogs blaine what is your favorite movie of the year well my favorite movie of the year was dune uh, I thought it was really great. I thought Denis Villeneuve is my boy. It had a great world. It was a lot of sand. It was great. No, Dune uh, made me feel like an insect. I felt very small watching it because the scale of the movie was so big. Um, my boy Timothy Chalamet killed it as always. I loved the big worm. I just thought it was an excellent adaptation of a really great book. I'm excited to see the sequel. Now, Cindy, what would you, you have a wild card pick. This could be something that you like, hated, underrated. What would you say your wild card pick of the year is? Oh, Vivo. Okay, why'd you like Vivo? I like Vivo because it's, um, I love Lin-Manuel. He's amazing. I love his songs. Uh-huh. I listen to a lot with Blaine. Uh-huh. And um, I like him being the monkey in the movie. Yeah, he's got a fun voice. And he's got, yeah. he's very good with his raps. He can rap very well. Like you. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's not true. Um, yeah, Vivo is great. Blaine, what about you? Well, my wild card pick is I'm gonna go with the Matrix Resurrections. This is the fourth Matrix movie. Uh, a lot of people hated it. I thought it was excellent. Um, I don't know what those people are talking about. It's a movie made to anger people. However, I think for a movie that's supposed to be unnecessary, I think they did the best. Uh, Lena Wachowski did the best job that she could with the material. Uh, the action's not great, but that's not really the point. Um, but I just thought it was a really nice return to form, and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the performances. And it looks better than ninety percent of other blockbusters coming out right now, and that's what I desperately need. So that will be what the podcast format will be like. I'll be interviewing all twenty guests, and uh, yeah, let's get right into it. All right, I'm here with my buddy Chase. Uh, now, Chase has been with me since the beginning, the very first Ooh. episode, as well as a Fast and Furious retrospective. Uh, now, Chase, in the last remaining days of our Lord and Savior in 2021, what was your favorite <laughs> film to come out of the year? Um, my favorite film was Nine Days. Mm. Now, tell me why you enjoyed Nine Days. Um, so, what I find really cool about this is just the whole the whole concept of the story being that these are unborn souls um, going through a nine day interview process um, that kind of grants only one of them a chance for life. Um, Winston Duke is the main character, and he interviews um, these souls, and the whole 
time, like he's also grieving a, a soul that was lost, like which is the reason why there's an opening. And so like these souls kind of also represent like in my opinion, like the five like the multiple stages of grief, um, each in a different way. And it the whole film just has like one big deeper meaning. Um and it's really captivating to watch. And it definitely goes against like, you know, we're always told not to judge a book by its cover, but let's be honest, like humans, most of the times, like we do judge people. Mm -hmm. Um, And this just goes again, you know, to tell you that like, by you having this judgment, you might be missing the best parts of people. Yeah, I think it's a very like emotion heavy movie, but it's never overwhelming in kind of the feelings mm-hmm. that you get like you are not going to be like soul crushed by the end of this movie that's not really what the movie's about and the end like the ending is almost a very kind of uplifting um if you look at it from a from the angle that the movie wants you to look at um yeah i i, I really enjoyed nine days i thought all the performances were great a lot of like just really recognizable people in this small indie movie you know yeah you got for Mr. real Duke, bill skarsgård like people are showing up left and right and you're like oh i know those guys so it's always fun well, you also had a uh, Benedict Wong like hot off of, um, you know, Marvel movies and whatnot, right. and we haven't really even seen him in much other than a Marvel movie. So it was yeah. pretty cool to see him, and you had Zazie Beats, which is also like a wonderful actress, and it's always a good time to watch anything that's that she's in. I'm a simp, so uh, I can hey, you know. um amen amen uh what more do you really need to say no uh nine days was awesome um really uh underrated uh, this year the the score and the cinematography are also very well done and winston duke gives a performance like no other like i i'm the other thing too is like i'm pissed that like this because it was supposed to come out in 2020 and it would have been able to be in the uh 2021 oscars and it would have been in a better spot because it would have been like right before um but now this came out in summer so it's gonna lose all the traction that it would have had and and it's also you know going up against harder things so it it's sad because like winston duke also gives like a, a hell of a performance like yeah, really I, I think it's his best performance that he's given us. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see whatever he uh, delivered us. Now, um, so that was your favorite film. Now, you have the chance for yes. a wild card pick, whether this be a favorite, something that you hated, maybe something underrated. Um, what is your wild card pick of 2021? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm going back and forth between a lot of movies in my head right now, um, but Mainly, I think I'm just gonna end up giving like love to another film that doesn't really have a whole lot of love, um, but it was one of my favorites of this year. Um, Together, together. Oh yeah. Yes, um, it is Ed Helms, um, and it's basically this the story of like he is a a um, a single guy that wants to start a family, so he like finds this stranger like you know this surrogate and they kind of form this like platonic relationship and it like just is very like i don't know it's nurturing like i I really enjoyed that film as well um it's been a while but i i 
would recommend it. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen everyone. this, so you know you're you're one up over really. Me, but I I will check it out. I'll check it out. I probably okay. Please do. I, I, yeah, I know you've been recommending it to me, so I I I actually got to get on that. Um, but no, from I what know, I've heard, it's great things, and I heard Ed Helms is like really great in it. Yes, and like I I think too like so the whole thing is too like they they kind of walk the boundaries of like a a romantic relationship being like you know these new new like friends but they never get there and i think that's important um because like we we really don't get too many like movies that like keep everyone just friends like yeah. and and like especially with this kind of story and concept um and it, it's done really well um so i would i would recommend it definitely um to people and i'd also recommend uh nine days to anyone that you know it doesn't exactly want to sit down and watch a deeper meaning film like i challenge you to watch mm. it mm. you hear that you end it with a challenge you'll love that uh yes. so yeah nine days together together really good pair i gotta watch together together i really gotta get on that yes you do i will <laughs> i will i promise uh chase thanks for coming on man i appreciate it thank you for having me blaine yeah of course all right, I'm here with Jake. Uh, for those who remember, Jake did an episode with me on The Prestige, as well as an episode on the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Now, Jake, in uh, 2021, what would you say your favorite movie of the year was? I would say for 2021, my favorite movie was Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, there you go. Good pick. Yeah. Why'd you like Inside? I love everything about this movie, basically. The fact that he wrote, directed... Um, edited um, and did like everything for this movie. I just love that story and everything. And the music is fantastic. Um, he does a great job of just like acting through everything. Uh, I, I just love all of it basically. Yeah, it's insane that that entire movie basically takes place in one room, and yet, like, somehow he's able to get so many different like color shots and sequences out of that one room. Yeah, um, it's insane. Yeah, insane stuff, absolutely. Uh, all right, now you have a wild card pick. This can be someone you love, someone you hated, something that might be a bit underrated. Um, what would you pick for your wild card pick of 2021? Uh, for my wild card pick, I did Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, um, nice. I love that movie, too. I, I think that's a great movie. Uh, I just think it's a really underrated movie. Like, I just don't think many people saw that movie. Um, and I think a lot more people should see it because uh, I think it was Andrew Garfield's best performance. Um, at least for 2021, it was. Um, yeah. And he was in a lot for 2021. So. I know, the man was working hard. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's my wild card pick. Absolutely. No, Tick, Tick, Boom was incredible. And I think a lot of people are watching it now after a certain particular movie came out. Um, people have been craving more yeah. of uh, Garfield and uh, you know I'm all aboard the Andrew Garfield train that man has done great things continues to do great things and will do great things but I love I that guy. completely yeah 100% well Jake thanks for being on man I appreciate it yep all right I'm here with my cousin Mistro for those who remember Mistro did an episode with me on Birds of Prey now Mistro when it comes to 2021 uh, what was your favorite movie of the year my favorite movie of 2021 was Corella with nice. Emma Stone. Of course. And why did you enjoy Corella? First, I'd love to see Emma Stone come back. I felt like she was such like a Hollywood starlet. And then we didn't see very much from her. Love to see her in this new character. Um, 
I feel like I said this a lot, the podcast that I was on, but the costuming mm, was mm. so sick. Um, so fashion forward. The story was so different than what I was expecting. Um, yeah, I loved it. Loved Corella. Yeah, it's basically Disney's take on like the devil wears Prada, which I found that was like kind of fun. I'm like, you know, I'm having a good time. Yes, loved it. And I never saw the twist of the story coming, which was really fun. It was really nice to just be involved in the story and not continuously look for the end. Right. Yeah. And the fact that it was able to separate itself from 101 Dalmatians was also helpful because when I heard about this, I was like, oh boy, are we just doing the same thing again? But it was different. It was like a fun heist fashion movie. And, you know, it was different enough and I appreciated that. Um. All right, now when it comes to your wild card pick of 2021, uh, whether that be another movie you enjoyed, a movie you didn't quite enjoy, uh, what was your wild card pick this year? My wild card pick is He's All That with Addison Ray. Oh boy, how'd that go? Um, <laughs> honestly, She's All That is an iconic movie. I am 30, so that movie was like very cool when it first came out. Freddie Prince Jr., all the rage, love that movie. So I really had extremely low expectations for He's All That, and I'm not into the TikTok scene, so I, you know, didn't believe that Addison Ray could be an actress. But I mm-hmm. was shocked at how well they made the movie fit for 2021 mm-hmm. and i was really impressed with addison ray as well so well, i'm excited go. for her and to have more netflix movies there you go did any of the original cast return for the things on it yes uh laney boggs who is like the main girl and she's all that is the mom in okay. that yes and then there's one more cameo the guy from the real world who dates freddie prince jr's girlfriend okay. comes back as the principal okay well that's fun that they've got little mm-hmm. kind of nods and references in there cool yeah i haven't seen it so i can't comment but i mean i it, it was popular on netflix apparently people have seen it so you know i <laughs> i don't have anything to say you you've actually beaten me here you've seen a movie i haven't um well just take my advice and say don't watch it but just know that it was better than i expected it to be well there you go i appreciate that Mister. thanks for coming on i appreciate it Thanks. All right, I'm here with Ben and Brendan. These two knuckleheads have been in a few episodes, uh, two of them separately. Uh, Brendan, I did a Godzilla versus Kong, Suicide Squad. Uh, ben, I did uh, Quiet Place 2 and the 90s It. And I brought them both together for the Suicide Squad kick-ass and a huge Halloween retrospective that really killed our souls. Um, Stay but now for Scream in January. That's right, baby. We're coming back. And we're coming back strong and hard, and it's going to be beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, now we're talking about something that'll bring us life. We're talking best movies of the year. Now, Ben, I'm going to have you go first. What was your favorite movie of 2021? So you just said it. It was Quiet Place 2. Oh, there you go. So... It's it's all about the sound mm. and the way he uses the sound yeah. for suspense. It's just like the first movie, why I liked the first movie. Like watching that in a movie theater is is everything movies are about. Like you get fully sucked into that. I like I need to watch it again just because it's not as fresh in my mind. I've seen it two times. Like I saw it in the theater the first time and then I watched it at home. And when I watched it at home, it still had me, but not as much as the theater. Yeah. 
But what I liked about this one was the kids mm-hmm. too. Like the kids, I feel like took a, a better step in this movie. The child performances in the film kind of made it for me like the bear trap. Oh my God. Like you just got to mention the bear trap and, and his Fuck. performance there. The, the, the like, trauma that they bring to the feet and legs <laughs> in this series is not okay. And yeah. I want John Krasinski to stop. Um, but no, I agree. Five Points Two was really great, uh, arguably as good as the first, which is already an impressive achievement enough. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I thought it was uh, quite excellent. Um, Brendan, what was your favorite movie of 2021? Okay, so I'm, I'm leaving out comic book movies because it would be too easy. Right. Obviously, Spider Man and the Suicide Squad were two of my favorite movies of the year by far. Right. Spider Man probably. Be- Without saying anything, but yeah, it was, it yeah. was fucking incredible. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like just, I, I know everybody else will get into it, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I told you uh, before the pod that Licorice Pizza was my second favorite romance movie of the year, uh-huh. but the number one is just a tad better uh-huh. in, in my eyes. It's a timeless romance that will last for generations to come. A newer adaptation of two world-famous characters, but shown in a new light. Uh The film incorporates uh, such wonderful music and singing by the lead, and will no doubt go down as one of the greatest films of this decade. Give it to me, Pickle. This romance is, of course, it's West Side Story. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. All right. I fucking loved this movie. God damn it. What the hell? Yeah, movie's it's incredible. Romeo and Juliet, but it's so much better because I hate Romeo and Juliet. That shit's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, this is legit. Okay, this is real love. Uh, uh-huh. Brilliant directing by right. Steven Spielberg. It's nice to see him. Okay, I feel like, what, what was the last thing he's directed? Uh, Ready Player One, The Post. Oh, that's yeah. okay. Bye. Well, I won't get into my opinion of that, but okay. Re- yes, it's nice to hear from him uh, course, recently. And see new things. Um, I feel like it was really relevant to 2021. Yeah, it did a good job. Of it was definitely stuff. like, yeah, I actually watched the old movie today. Yeah. And yeah, no, <laughs> it's not. It, it's a classic, but there's some moments where you're like, oh, from boy. its time where you're right. like, yeah, I mean, just for one thing, the main lead is not even Puerto Rican. She's just a white chick. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> Okay, that's the that's the whole point of the character. Oh yeah, oh, like yeah. for her to be Puerto Rican, it's stupid. I, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie, but once you look past those things, but um, obviously it's a musical. The soundtrack is Killer. fucking stellar. Killer. Okay, I was listening to it on the way over. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, all of us are. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, love the '50s feel. I'm a big like old school black and white person, so I like I like my '50s shit. Um, you can, you can, and you I can feel just- like. Uh, biggest take for me is uh, this is a compliment to most musicals in general, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, everyone just seems really involved and really invested and like loves this project. And you just feel like they're having a good time and you're just having a good time with them. Right. It's, it's, it's some nice. of the most like energetic. Like, God damn it. I want to sing along too. And yeah. Fucking, you're like, I'm going to get up and I'm a jet with my cigarette, you know, all That's that right. shit. That's right. I, oh, God damn it. It was it was beautiful. Mm. All right. Amen. It was wonderful. I loved it. Amen. I laughed. I cried. I fell asleep. I woke up. Donnie. I, I cried. Donnie. Um, Donnie. 
Now, Ben, as far as a uh, wild card pick, what would you go with as per 2021? Said Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh. I remember loving every second of Daniel Kaluuya being on screen. Oh, yeah. Like, that man. Electric. Every Oh, yes. Second. Even Lakeith, too. Oh, was yeah. Fucking brilliant. I, oh, yeah. God damn. Everybody in that movie was awesome. Even Todd. I know. Yeah. What the fuck is his real name, actually? Jesse Plemons. He's just Jesse, Todd. Yeah, oh, Jesse. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Right, I, right. I did know that. Now, um, Brendan, when it comes to your wild card pick of the year, what would your okay? You know what? God damn it! I was in the mood. I'm gonna stick with a uh-huh. musical. Oh it's boy! Tick tick boom, baby! Oh, oh, we love. Okay, too. this is my second favorite Andrew performance of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, give this man a goddamn Oscar. I know. Please. He's I mean, so at this point, adorable. You he's so great. Love him. I love him. Um, he is a lot of fun, fun in this movie. Um, it's just a. It's a very real, uh, feels very real uh, mm-hmm. musical. It's very, uh, I, I definitely got attached and I was, uh, I felt the feels of the, of the music and Andrew's just so likable. It, it's just hard to not just, just because of that, like get into it. But the story is a lot of fun. It's really creative. Um, I, a lot of the scenes I really enjoy is when he's like writing music and then like the music is just appearing to him. Like w- when he's in the pool, for example, right, like right. he, he spent all that time, like trying to figure out the whole song for like months on end. And he just couldn't think of anything, but it took him to just go to the pool and be like, f- write the whole song like that night. And it just right. killed at the audition. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's based off a true story. And that's always I know. fucking dope. Yeah. And I, I'd heard of Rent, but I had never uh, seen it. The only problem so, with Tintin Boom is that Rent is, is ass. I'm not a Rent guy. Oh, we, um, okay. So in the end, I've just like, heard it's good. I don't know. I've never I mean, seen some it. most people like it. I found it obnoxious. But the thing at the end of the movie, they're like, and he made Rent, and I'm like, and I hate Rent. <laughs> but no, okay, Tintin Boom so is amazing. Is Tintin Boom a musical also? Like, mm-hmm, was that yeah, okay? Yeah. That was all right. Yeah, because Tintin Boom is a biopic about Jonathan Larson, the guy who uh, yeah, yeah, went on yeah. to make Rent. But you know, Tick Tick Boom, a lot better. Andrew Garfield, I think he's one of my favorite actors at this moment. I think right now, play, yeah, like, he's fucking killing it. I know the man. He he hasn't missed. He's I, so versatile. I know the man. God, I literally just want to eat him. I ooh, um, <laughs> I love Andrew Garfield. God bless, uh, God bless that man. Yes, um, beautiful man. Oh, amen. All right. Well, thank you, boys, for uh being in this of segment. Course. You know, we'll be back with the scream. Uh, you know, coming pretty soon. <laughs> but uh, thank you, boys, for coming on. We'll see you, boys, later. Bye bye. All right, I'm here with my buddy Brett. Now, Brett has been on three episodes so far. Um, we talked uh, at length about Blues Brothers summer movie preview. We talked about Last Night in Soho, French Dispatch, Scott Pilgrim, and there's something else that we talked about that I am forgetting. Oh my god. Here. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Respect. Oh, guy. fucking duh. That's right. Okay, we're idiots. That's one thing. Um. But you know, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brett, uh, the year of our Lord and Savior, 2021, is coming to an end. What would you say uh, your favorite movie from that year was? Uh, def- okay, so I'm, I'm assuming everyone's going to pick the same number one. So I'm going two and three. That's I'm going fine. number two, The Suicide Squad. Mm. Uh, with with the low expectations it had from the previous films and the high expectations of the director we got and then the cast and everything we started to see as that like anticipation level kept growing and growing and we finally got to see what we got. It was like an excellent comic book crossover movie. The comedy is all there. The action's all there. 
I mean, James Gunn does no wrong. Give him any comic, like give him the worst comic book character and he'll give him the most incredible, emotional, theatrical arc in a movie that you'll ever ask, that you could ever ask for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we are talking unhinged Gunn here, you know, obviously with the Guardians of the Galaxy team, he's 13, nothing wrong with that. But here we have just full, gory, crazy right. gun at his finest. And it is a glorious sight to behold. Um, John Cena, nobody's doing it like him. I'm so excited for the show's good, dude. The show looks really good. The I'm HBO excited. Max show, I'm here so for I'm very I'm pumped. Hell yeah. Um, so we got that as your favorite, and now you have a wild card pick that can be another favorite, uh, someone that you hate, someone that you might have thought went underrated. Uh, what is your wild card pick for the year? Well, I'm gonna use my wild card pick to once again oh, take shit. your podcast as the as an opportunity for me to boast about one of my favorite movies of the year, my number three, Last Night in Soho. Oh your my favorite. god, he's oh my back. god, he's it's your favorite back. Edgar Wright movie. It's coming uh, back. No, it's still that all jokes aside, especially for me, the the uh, technical aspects of that film, the the performances that we are given in that film and especially the direction uh, from Edgar Wright and the script and everything that he brings to his films always uh, just are all there. They're all present. They're all at 100 percent in last night in Soho. Uh, it's still like the the. The psychological part of the film is still sticking with me all these weeks later. I thought maybe it would slide down my rankings. It is very much not. And I can't wait to go out and buy it on 4K so I can watch it again. Well, there you go. Yeah, I've definitely had uh, sequences from that movie are still in my head, even though I'm not as big on it uh, as you were. The dance scene, especially uh, Mm -hmm. in the 60s, where they're switching between Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy is just some of the best movie-making of the year. Uh, I think that scene is going to end up down the line being like as new age film professors come into the like into like colleges and whatnot, and they're picking their curriculums. That scene specifically is going to be used a lot when teaching kids about like cutting and camera angles and and like camera motion and stuff like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Awesome. Well, uh, Brent, thanks for coming back, buddy. We'll have you on in the, uh, in the new year as always. And I would just like to say uh, now me and my buddy Brent, who has also been on this podcast, have started our own podcast. So That's look right. out plug for it, Blaine baby. on plug that. Yeah. Rivals. Look out for Blaine on that. Excellent. Hell yeah. Looking forward to it, buddy. All right. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. All right, I'm here with my buddy Brent. Uh, now, Brent and I have done two episodes. We did one on The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and the Oscars fallout of 2020, which was a long time ago. Uh, we, we, we hope never to speak of that moment again. And uh, we also had an episode uh, recapping the James Bond and Daniel Craig movies. Um, now, Brent, as the year comes to a close, uh, you know, new beginnings, we must look back. Um, what would you say your favorite movie of 2021 was? I'm going to go with my favorite movie of 2021 to be Come On, Come On. Nice. Yes. And I think this just comes to the emotional side with it, but also the fact that I could kind of relate to the story in, in small ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Mike Mills, who recently, uh, I watched his previous film before I saw Come On, Come On, first time seeing 20th Century Woman. I was kind of surprised at how well that was. So going into it, I was like, okay, this has potential to be something. And with it also being shot in black and white, I was really excited to kind of see that view of um, of a Joaquin Phoenix-led story. Because, I mean, this guy was a madman two right. years ago. So, like, him being able to kind of switch things around like that was really neat. 
So uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays like he plays an uncle and he's trying to connect th- with his nephew while his sister takes care of some personal things. That personal thing being the underrated Scoop McNary. I Let's know, not- dude, I saw him and I was like, that's my boy right there. Yes, I know. I know we would. You, I'm sure uh, we can uh, cheer with that one. But yes, so he connects with his nephew and throughout the entire film, he's working on a podcast and he's interviewing kids and he's just trying to connect to them and understand like what they see in life. And I just found the beauty in that. And I found the beauty in how when he was trying to get his nephew to open up, played by just one hell of a performance by Woody Norman. And and I found this out recently, but he's British. So he plays an that accent, that American accent nuts. I know. And just throughout the entire film, there comes across scenes that they connect with one another in really surreal, surreal ways that for me being a recent uncle and how I am with my niece, it's just like there's that connective tissue and that that heart within the story that really uh, connected with me. And when you throw in uh, the black and white and you throw in that beautiful score, I mean, I've listened to that score a lot. And that's one thing that I appreciate with films. And at the end, the film kind of comes to a close. I don't want to like ruin it and whatnot, but there is a moment where uh, the nephew does connect with Joaquin, even though it's not in person, but it's through like his language with how he does his podcasting and whatnot, or through the interviewing. Uh, it's It was real sweet. And I think going into that, not knowing how it would feel coming out and coming out and just being like, I've seen so much this year, but like this film alone was really well for me. And that's why when we close it, it's going to be my favorite film of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, no, um, I'm always a fan of like the more tender side of Joaquin Phoenix performances. Obviously, his crazy performances are outstanding. You know, you have your Joker, you have the master. But I don't know, I'm always I'm really drawn to like his kind of quieter, more intimate roles, stuff like this or her or you will never really hear. Like there's a lot that he does um, like very quietly in this movie that really helps him stand out. Um, I completely agree. This movie, it is so like simple, but it has so much to say. And I just found myself like really kind of emotionally attached to what was going on. And I actually saw this movie with my uncle, which was like maybe the best way to experience this movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So great experience there. Uh, No, Come On, Come On was fantastic. Really underrated um, movie, underrated Joaquin performance. I feel like in the next 10 years or so, I I hope people look back to this one as a kind of a staple in his filmography. Yeah, he's getting overlooked in a lot of the award shows, but that's just because it's kind of a stack year in that. Yeah, know? exactly. Right. And he just won one not too long ago, so I think that's why he's getting pushed. Right, that kind of pushes you down. Yeah, of course. All right, now um, you have another pick here. It's a wild card. This can be something that you love, something that you hate, something a bit underrated. Uh, what is your wild card pick for the year? I'm throwing this. It's not throwing a dart at the dartboard. This is just a film that came out in the summer, kind of got ignored through all the other films. But I'm going with The Green Knight, a film nice. that I was completely surprised at how I was going to enjoy it. Yeah. And knowing that uh, it comes from David Lowry, a director that I have been a huge fan of for years, and seeing the trailer when this first came out, I was, I was like not ex- knowing or not expecting me to enjoy it as much as I did. And for Dev Patel, a lead actor that hasn't really had much leading work, if you ask me, at least some stuff that I haven't seen. And so for both of those to kind of come together and deliver an Arthurian legend tale of just um, what's basically a knockout Christmas story. Like it is a fantastic film, Uh, an epic fantasy, not on the scale of like Lord of the Rings, but just in terms of its cinematography and its beautiful score. Again, you're hearing me saying that, but uh, (laughs) 
it's just a, it's a journey on him embarking on. You know, he he took up the the task of chopping the head off of the Green Knight, and now he it cuts to like a year later. Basically, he goes on a, yeah, so he goes on a journey to kind of discover who he is as a person because he's trying to find himself uh, if he's worthy enough for a tale when his time has passed. Like he mm-hmm. wants that legacy sake, and he had it from when his uncle being the legendary King Arthur, and so he wants that sort of for himself but he's cursed and he kind of sees the future he would have if he did not carry on with his own beheading and i think that lesson that we can learn in life might come from this in a dark way but i thought it was just glorious and being able to rewatch it on home release through 4k is mm. even even yeah. beautiful just yeah. yeah just just a just a shot in the dark i mean i don't that don't that was not a24 no, it, it was. was. It was. It yeah. was. So both films coming from A24 is no surprise. There you go. Hey, they're kings. Yeah, no, Green Knight uh, absolutely rules. Um, this has some of the most hypnotizing filmmaking of the entire year. Uh, hypnotizing. There is a section at the end that kind of leaves you shell-shocked um, and just like kind of the build of everything into this one kind of climactic moment uh, that really just drives the whole thing home in a beautiful way. Uh this movie was great. Deb Patel killing it, my boy. Hopefully, uh, you know, he gets more old after this. I mean, I don't know how well this did financially. I think it did fine, but it didn't. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to, to voice it because it, right. it kind of got underthrown in, in the summer box shows where people were just returning, but this film wasn't getting those uh those tickets to say right. those, those yeah, but you know, it's a it's a necessary Christmas movie, and you know, just the season, right. Yeah, <laughs> that is towards the Christmas season. That's right. You got a Christmas story and you got the Green Knight, and they're basically in the same movie. Um, <laughs> they, I don't think the Green Knight is going to run twenty four hours straight on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if it if it if it happens, I will be there for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'll, I'll do a live commentary of me uh, doing tw- the twenty four. It'd be amazing. Um, Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> what does the uh, mean to you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'll have to figure that out myself. Brent, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on this year, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'm here with Zach. For those who remember, Zach and to me on Star Wars rankings and Big Terminal Little China, as well as a Eternals and Face-Off discussion. Now, Zach, uh, when it comes to 2021, what was your favorite movie that you saw that year? Yeah, my favorite movie of 2021. Actually, you know, you, you can't pay me enough to... Uh-huh. To say this stuff, folks, he was he was trying to buy me out, uh-huh. to, to telling me to this whole thing was scripted. He was telling me like what what movie I should I sh- I should do. He said, "Ah, oh, just do No Way Home." Everyone else is doing it. You're forcing people to do it. Okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. My favorite movie is Subspace Missionary. Oh the wow, greatest, I can't greatest, I can't hide it. The greatest movie. You're going off script here, no, money. No, no, you can't. So I don't want the money. I don't want the money. All right, this just, is, the people need to know this the is madness. Subspace Missionary. It's like three hours on YouTube. <laughs> Just, just go watch it. You, you, you got. Even though it came out in 07, it came out today. Character development, you got characters. Uh huh. The hype, the hype is there. That's right. It's, it's the the no, no way home of of video 2007. Games? I don't know when it came out. Uh, it's, it's the greatest. It's timeless. Time. It's yeah. timeless. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I don't know if there's anything more to add after that. Uh, well, well done, sir. Well Thank done. You. Well you. done. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just a, a, a terrific guest to have on, and he's walking out the door right now. He's done. He's out. He's done. I'm out. Moving on. We're out of here. 
Okay, I am here with Beth. For those of you who remember, Beth was in the Mitchells versus the Machines YA movie discussion. Um, now, Beth, when it comes to 2021, what was your favorite movie of the year? My favorite. I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody, but it was No Way Home. Mm. Yeah, nice. are, we, are we shocked? No, no, <laughs> nobody's shocked. It's a popular favorite this year. You know, everyone seems to be enjoying it. Why was uh, No Way Home your favorite? Um, I've just grown up with Spider-Man. I just, I love Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, You're one of like, those people. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm one of those girls. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> and I don't know, they just hit all the milestones. Like, I don't know. Endgame was amazing. And I thought we weren't going to get that kind of movie again, like where it's like everyone in the theater is like jumping up and screaming. Right. And then it came out and I was like, oh my God. Because I was, <laughs> We're I, was back. I was like, I can't wait for the next end game. And it came out like a couple of years later. So yeah, exactly. I think it did a good job of like making a lot of Spider-Man fans like happy, which is a hard thing to do because that fan base really ranges. Um, But the stuff they're able to do, and especially, uh, you know, with with so many characters, it's a miracle that it's not a complete mess because movies in the past, if you throw a lot of villains at them, they don't seem to work that well. So the fact that there's like, five villains running around this thing and you're still able to keep track of everything is really an accomplishment yeah they juggled it very well usually they dropped the balls on that one yeah i was very shocked yeah that they and did Tom Holland, like absolutely killed it too like he oh my god this is the best we've ever seen him the character development was amazing <laughs> yeah i was shocked i was like oh my god tom holland's character being mature that's crazy i love it he's <laughs> not a boy anymore he's a man no, he's, he's a man Spider man yeah oh um, my god oh my gosh great time great time uh yeah no obviously no way home a classic um now when it comes to the wild card pick whether this be a second favorite a movie you hated whatever uh what is your wild card pick of 2021 luca Oh, nice! Yeah, Pixar. Yeah, that movie was awesome. Okay, am I the only one who said Luca? Because uh, seen... okay. yeah, I haven't seen that many movies. In sure. my defense, you're fine. And I animated kid movies. Um, <laughs> so sue me. Why do you like Luca? So it's just adorable. I think it's one of the most. I don't know how to say it. You know, Studio Ghibli. One of yeah. just still like, ride the, the whole vibes, time. You know the vibes. <laughs> it's just it hits all the right spots for me um i love alberto and luke love all the characters the cat kind of iconic i love the cat's amazing (laughs) i love the cat i need the cat on like a t-shirt immediately yes please uh i yeah luca was great um i loved how like small it felt like there's no conflict in the movie at all and i was (laughs) like this is delightful like they're just vibing it's like the summer like this is the music the vibes yeah i'm like i'm having (laughs) it was a fun time and i think they did a great job yeah like it's not without the normal like pixar emotion too like it's not yeah but you know it's just a nice like there's a lot of the times these pixar movies seem focused on like driving home a big you know emotional message and luca doesn't really have that it's just like hey we're here for a good time you know we're here to relax yeah did I still sob? Yes. Of but... course. That's Pixar's <laughs> goal. If you don't sob during a Pixar movie, then they failed, really. Yes. Rarely okay. fail, but I didn't I cried. They got me. They won hey, that one. That's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. No, Luca rocks. I'm happy you picked that. Well, thanks for doing the segment, Beth. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll have I have you love back it. on the pod pretty soon.
Yes, please. See you guys next time. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here I'm with Ian, my boy. Uh, for those of you who listen to the pod, he was on the uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow, Saw, and we're talking about something. Invincible, that's right. Um, and I got him here, and we're talking uh, best movies of the year. Now, Ian, when it comes to 2021, what was your favorite movie that you saw this year? One that really kind of stuck out to me was uh, The Night House with uh, Rachel. What was her name? Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Rebecca Hall, not Rachel. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I really enjoyed that. What did you like about it? I just like it was kind of one of those movies that just really kind of kept you guessing. And it wasn't like boring by any means. And it was very bold. Because Rebecca Hall's character was just very just kind of in your face. And I don't know, that was just something that I really enjoyed because, you know, you can't really you can't really beat a good murder mystery. You just can't. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about the Nighthouse is like I really didn't know anything walking into it. And the whole movie, you're trying to figure out, like, okay, what the hell is going on? And it gets trippy in some places. I think it has like maybe the loudest jump scare of any movie ever. Um yeah, I've been dying to rewatch it. I really enjoyed uh, the Night House. <laughs> you guys should definitely check it out um, if you get the chance. It's really underrated. When I'm in, like, I think it bombed at the box office, unfortunately, but a lot of people need to check it out. And then, Ian, is there uh, another movie from this year that you maybe loved or hated? What? What? Uh, if you had another pick, what would you? What do you want? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, just didn't really sit well with me. Yeah, what, what didn't you like about it? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, my dad kind of has this philosophy where, you know, superhero movies kind of just get a little old. Sure. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, there's a bad guy. Oh, there's a good guy. Bad guy's trying to take over the world and the good guy's got to stop him, right? And he's he's got a very good point. I mean, some of these superhero movies just get kind of like gratuitous and repetitive. Um, yeah, see, I enjoyed Venom, but only because, like, if you look at it through the lens of a gay rom-com between Eddie and Venom, then it's kind of enjoyable. But, uh, I mean, I can, I can see how it'd be underwhelming. I think it's kind of a, one of those divisive superhero flicks, but, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, Ian, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. No problem, Blaine. Thanks for having me, buddy. No problem. We'll have you back on the pod pretty soon. All right, I'm here with Jimmy. Uh, we've done two episodes together. We did one covering Army of the Dead and the Dawn of the Dead remake, as well as Megamind and the Boss Baby 2. Now, Jimmy, when it comes to 2021, what was your favorite movie of the year besides the Boss Baby 2 family business? Well, other than the Boss Baby 2 family business, uh, I'm going to have to say my favorite movie was... Uh, Justice League, which technically did not come out this year, but it did release in like two theaters. So the director's cut does count. That's true. Zack Snyder's Justice League, the only one that we should refer to for the foreseeable future. Yeah, the only Justice League movie they ever made, really. Right. Why'd you like Zack Snyder's Justice League? Well, I like Zack Snyder's Justice League because I saw Joss Whedon's Justice League. Mm. Um, And that's really all it took to like the Zack Snyder version. I like it because if you are doing the opposite of the MCU, which introduced characters one at a time, and you're kind of introducing everyone at once in this big, like, epic storytelling kind of thing, this kind of modeled after Lord of the Rings, where the first film in the trilogy is meant to be, like, 
just huge and full of characters and new lore and then you kind of build out from there. Um, it makes a lot more sense to do it four hours instead of two if you're introducing like five or six hero characters who are each going to have their own franchise. It's almost like uh, two hours doesn't really fit anything you wanted to do. So, um, no, I think I, I, I thought Justice League was uh, very good, especially considering how god awful the original was. I wish yeah. this had an IMAX release. I'd pay to see it in IMAX. It has like that oh, kind yeah. of grand scope, and especially with the uh, aspect ratio that it's going for. Like, I, I, is it too much to ask for a theatrical release? I it don't was, think so. I mean, it was definitely filmed with big theaters in mind. It, it reminds me of like Dune or Lord of the Rings, these movies that are kind of meant to be experienced communally. Um, right. A lot like the new Spider-Man, you know, like I would, I think I would love the new Spider-Man on Netflix, but I really, really loved it in theaters because you need that experience for a genre like this, especially like a four-hour cut that introduces Darkseid for the first time in the movies and Steppenwolf and the multiverse before even the MCU brought up the multiverse. Like, all this new stuff, you, you kind of need to see it on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Just throw in a intermission at the two-hour mark, and then we're talking business, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, we, we all went to see three and a half hours of The Hobbit three times. Like, we're gonna... <laughs> we'll see... Justice League, the first Justice League movie for four hours. We don't mind. Like, we're exactly. here for it. Exactly. Let's, Everyone's let's already all be honest. We can say it's too long, but we all watched all eight episodes of The Witcher in a row. So, right. don't lie. Yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. Um, Jimmy, as far as your wild card pick, whether this is a second favorite or underrated or movie, a movie you didn't like, what's your other pick of 2021 that you want to talk about? Um, the movie, I think, not nearly enough people saw. Oh, would be the harder they fall. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The best western I've seen in a long time, other than Bone Tomahawk, but that's just because I'm a kind of a, a sadist. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> the harder they fall is a black cowboy movie. There's a queer cowboy in it. There's like four white people. It's great to just have like actual diversity in a western, which historically is like the least diverse genre in fiction right it's nice to see these stories being told and god the set design is beautiful you oh can yeah really tell that they put a lot of work into like building that town for that huge shootout i mean it, it hits all the tropes of the genre you get the big shootout at the end and god the cast Regina oh my god elba jonathan majors lakeith stanfield like are you kidding me zazzy beats oh everyone is great yeah, this is like top tier cast right here. It was just incredible. I was watching no it. I'm like, I love everyone. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I agree. This is underseen. A lot of people need to check this out. Absolutely. And now I know I'm not qualified to speak on the black experience, but I've read enough reviews and stuff that I know it, it really does have something to say. Mm -hmm. Just to, to be able to dig deeper into a genre film is not rare, but it, it's nice to see a big budget genre film that really focuses on telling of this great story, but at the same time, it puts the same amount of focus into putting meaning behind all the choices that it's making. And appreciated, very much appreciated. 100%, absolutely. And it is paced a little better than Justice League, I will admit. That's true, probably, that's true. You can probably cut like 10, 20 minutes out of Justice League <laughs> and not even notice. 
There yeah. are some like, especially the action scenes, there are certain beats that you see happen two or three times on camera. Because right. I mean, it's leaning into the like subgenre of epic fantasy or epic science fantasy. So it's supposed to kind of slowly move, like plot along. It's kind of built into the genre, but it, I mean, you could probably cut a little bit out of that movie. But The Harder <laughs> They Fall is like a, it's in and out. It's exactly as long as it needs to be. There's no extraneous scenes, but every character gets their due. It's fantastic. And it Absolutely. plays with the, the tropes of the genre in some really interesting ways without like ignoring or breaking them. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. Everyone can watch it. It's so yeah. easy. It's on it's the tip of your fingers. It's just right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Watch it now. <laughs> it's not my podcast. podcast. Watch it now. <laughs> watch the harder they fall right now. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Jimmy, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. I'm here with my buddy Johnny. For those who remember, Johnny and I did the episode on uh, Loki, Conjuring 3, Cats, you know, just a really incredible lineup there. Um, Johnny, uh, as we close out the year, uh, what would you say your favorite film of 2021 was? My favorite movie of 2021, I'm going to say, is The Night House. Nice. I loved uh, how it was told, and it was kind of like a different take on horror movies, since typically you have like that main villain presence, like you can see, like in the Conjuring, there's clearly like a demon that you can see, or like a monster. This one was more of like a psychological thriller, kind of like Gable Man, but there wasn't actually a guy there, and it just kind of made you really think about like past like demons. And yeah. really make you think outside of like the box that you know most horror movies don't have you think like that. Yeah, I uh you and I actually saw this together and you and I were both looking at each other at the end, like wow, that was awesome. Um no, yeah, Nighthouse was really great. Rebecca Hall kills it as always. Um also the loudest jump scare maybe ever in a movie. Uh caught me off guard, but really great pick. Um yeah. Now, when it comes to, you have a wild card pick. This could be something you love, something you hate, something maybe underrated. Uh, what is your wild card pick for 2021? For 2021, I'm going to say I didn't really care for uh, House of Gucci. Mm, why is I that? I had, had a lot of hype going towards it. Now, it could be part of the reason is I didn't follow much Gucci, didn't do any research about the brand or the company going in. But a problem that I had, probably because I just don't know much about this company or this family is I feel like some of the time jumps didn't really just, you're like, you're supposed to know. And I was like, what happened? And quite understand what was going on sometimes. And then the uh, concept, like the power of the company wasn't really fully explained. I kind of wish they would go into like the numbers is like, Oh, if we cut this guy out of the family, I make like, you know, 50 extra billion dollars or something. Yeah. They just kind of just like, yeah, we're just going to cut you out. We're not going to really give you a reason, but it's just more power. Trust me. Right. (laughs) Sure. I understand. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, House of Gucci has got some good stuff going for it. I like Lady Gaga quite a bit in the movie, Um, but it it is a bit long. And I, I think by the end, it kind of becomes more of like a Wikipedia entry. Than like an actual movie, which is a bit unfortunate, but you know. Yeah. Oh well. I love the beginning of the movie. Like, love Adam Driver, love Lady Gaga. 
Right. Like what you were saying, it was too long and it just kind of drawn out. And I just feel like, oh, they had so much info, but then they had to cut it with these time jumps. Right. And like, what happened in between here? Do I need to know that? Kind of like what you were saying, like a Wikipedia page. <laughs> right, exactly. But hey, you know, we got a uh, completely insane Jared Leto performance out of it. So, you know, we're... Yes. Who's, who's really the loser here? Um, Start the Oscar campaign for Jared Leto. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I need. Gucci. Please, I will be fully financing the awards campaign for Jared Leto. Anywho. Uh, Johnny, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'm here with Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy and I did a Dune episode together as well as a Corella Luca episode together. Now, Cassidy, uh, 2021, what was your favorite film of the year? That you saw? Uh, I think my favorite film of the year was yeah, the uh, Hitman's Wife Bodyguard. Is that what it's called? Oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's a total lie. Oh, my, my favorite no, movie. Was for a second. I was like, oh my God, this guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, my favorite movie was definitely Dune. I, I looked at all the other ones I'd seen this year, and I, that by far and away was, was my favorite and the one that I'd, I'd want to go back and, and, and see. And yeah. any, I mean, if I could go see it for free right now or anywhere, is it still in the theaters? Maybe I should see it in the theaters again. Yeah. I know they put it back in IMAX for like a few weeks and I was like, Ooh, maybe I should do that again. And then I saw the ticket price and I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) yeah, well, I'd like to see it again. And right now I can't. And so I'm just kind of living on the memory of it. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get back to Arrakis. Yeah. I hear you. Um, And excited for the second one. Absolutely. Unreasonably. So. I know. Yeah, no, I, I, I need that injected in my veins uh, immediately. Um, <laughs> now, as far as a wild card of the year goes, whether that's a second favorite or a movie you weren't big on, what would you say is your wild card pick? Um, so for some reason in my head is the movie Free Guy, not because Ryan Reynolds is in it. We get rid of him entirely, mm-hmm. but I really liked the Judy Comer character. I agree. Uh, yeah. Millie. I didn't know she was in it. And she totally stole the show. And I was like, could this just have been a movie about her? That would have been great. I would have been done. I because she's a fantastic agree. freaking actress. Yeah. No, she killed it in that movie. She was like the saving grace. Um, oh, totally. She's the only reason I kept watching it. Right. And, and I've seen Killing Eve and loved her in that. Yeah, I really need to get on that show. And she played such totally different characters. I, I, I would like to see her in just about everything right now. I agree. 100%. Yeah, I think the the love story that her character has to go through is easily the most compelling thing about that movie. Um, whenever it's totally. the Ryan Reynolds show, I am turned off immediately. But whenever she's on screen, it's delightful. So yeah, you know. I, I yeah, I, I don't know why. So I, I that just yeah, I would watch it again just to watch all of her character parts because I didn't know it was her at first. Yeah, and then as soon as she wasn't wearing the glasses, I was like, wait. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. That's well, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Well, I didn't think, uh, I was trying not to think of her as, as Villanelle because that character is so insane. I don't know <laughs> if I can deal with her. Which, I mean, it's just that good an acting job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I hope to see big things from Joni Cummer coming soon. Cassidy, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Of course. Good luck with next year. Exactly, yeah. 
All right, so I got with me here Aaron. Um, now, Aaron has been on the episodes where we talked about Pixar and Tampopo, as well as the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy and Dreams. Now, Aaron, 2021, uh, what was your favorite film of the year? Okay, so when you first asked me to come on, my favorite film was probably like Petite Maman. Or mm. One of those two. But then just last week I saw, um, have you heard of Drive My Car? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. How'd you see that? It was screening at Webster. Oh. For as part of a film series. Awesome. It, it is incredible. Okay. Like, what? not even just one of my fa- my favorite movie of the year, maybe my favorite movie. Wow. Not- Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you, you know my taste at this point that sure. I, I like those... Um, I like long, patient movies, and I, I'm a pretty big um, fan of Japanese Japanese films. And that it's both of those. It's three hours long. Is it actually? If, yeah, but it really doesn't feel that long. Okay, interesting. It, yeah, I've heard things about it, but I this is a shock. So what's it about? All right, I don't know how to. There, there's so many different plot points. It's like a hard thing to give a summary of. Very simply put, it's about a um, theater director who um, he's directing an adaptation of Uncle Vanya by Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Um, in, um, he's directing it with like a ton of different actors. And it's two years after the death of his wife, who, and his wife, his wife had been cheating on him and he knew about it. Mm. And one of the plot points is that one of the people that he knows his wife was like cheating on him with he casts as the main character in the play oh okay interesting but it's not like some weird confrontational thing yeah where it's like oh these men are gonna go at it because <laughs> they have built up anger or something no it's like a weird weird dynamics between them interesting. but then there's like a lot of other stuff with it there's a lot of other stuff that happens in the movie too I mean, right. you can cover a lot in three hours, so. Oh, yeah, always. <laughs> When's that getting wide? When's it coming out wide release, you know? I have no idea. Okay. I'm going back to see it again. Is it uh, still at Webster? Like, yeah. What? All right, this is ridiculous. Yeah, well, so I actually saw, um, technically, I saw a sneak preview of it at okay. Webster. Okay. Because... It wasn't something that was like advertised, but I really wanted to see the movie, so I kept looking up screenings, mm-hmm. and I just happened to stumble upon one. Uh, so like faster, I can't time. believe you. Yeah, it, it was one of the most. It's probably the most hypnotic, like entrancing film I've seen. And part of that seeing it in a theater, I think that adds to the experience. But there's like a moment of sound design that just like completely like engulfs you, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. It, <laughs> well now i'm looking forward to it i want to see this now yeah i'm angry that it's not out all right i guess i gotta see it are there any other uh movies from 2021 that you really enjoyed yes well we saw pig together ah pig oh thank you i really liked pig. i was hoping we get some pig conversation here nicholas cage <laughs> incredible he's talking about pig yeah we need to talk People about need pig. to talk about pig that's right um, what'd you like about pig it was not what anyone was expecting and i think that made it like that made it so good. Every <laughs> it was advertised as oh Nicolas Cage he's going to be this tough guy who goes and gets revenge cuz somebody took what's his and then he gets he's this big menacing character who looks gruff and everything but then 
he he doesn't do any he, he there's no violence on his part in the movie he gets yeah. beat up twice but he never attacks anyone else and it's just <laughs> it was his, so brilliant his resolution to his resolution to the problem is cooking cooking like an amazing meal it's yeah. like ratatouille <laughs> right what starts out is like this john wick setup has like this ratatouille payoff it's like the yeah. most it's one of the most tender movies of the year and i was just yeah. shocked i mean i didn't see any trailers so i really didn't know what i was getting into all i knew yeah. is somebody took nicholas cage's pig what's gonna happen but it was delightful oh my gosh okay yeah. i'm so happy that uh we got some pink fans here and anyone else who hasn't watched Pink, watch Pink. it's on hulu there's no excuse is it on Hulu? I think Hulu so. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's great. And also uh, a really good Alex Wolf performance in there as well. Oh, yeah. I don't normally yeah. like him, but he was very good. Well, I haven't seen him in anything other than that in Hereditary. He's I fine in Hereditary, Wolf, but... but I don't know. I, I, I just don't like him. Well, I mean, in Hereditary, he's just like, oh, I'm scared. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a very mild way of putting it. But, you know, I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. So, to, you know, to sum up, uh, drive my car and pig. Those are your picks of the yeah. year. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'm here with Tavis. Uh, for those of you who remember Tavis, Tavis did the Black Widow and Django Unchained episode. Uh, Tavis, in the year of our Lord and Savior 2021, what was your favorite movie uh, that you saw this year? Right, so it's kind of hard to pick, but my favorite movie, I'm going to have to go with The French Dispatch. Ooh. The beautiful Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, the man, he, he's incapable of missing at this no. point. There are so many moments where I'm like, all right, he's outdone himself. Yeah, everyone's a hit. Yeah. And every segment of that movie was great. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, he had like literally every actor yeah. on earth in that movie. Right. Like every star from all of his movies all together. Right, they're only in there for like, I don't know, a minute each. And mm-hmm. you're just like, this is great. Yep. This is great. Yeah, no, I was a big fan of French Dispatch. Um, Timothy Chalamet, my boy, mm-hmm. just killed it this year. Killed it. I know. Um, Jeffrey Wright's killing it. <laughs> I know, he was great in Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, everyone was great in it. Um, where, where does it rank in your Wes Anderson uh, um, list? I think I would put it right under the grand budapest hotel okay but probably second nice I think have a second. Right. yeah i think i'm at number three i like fox and budapest mm-hmm. um and fox would be probably three for me, but yeah close. same thing you know same close. thing right exactly um all right and now when it comes to you have a wild card pick whether that be a second favorite or a movie you completely despise uh what was your wild card pick of the year me um sitting right in front of me blaine's Ultra HD 4K disc, uh, No Time to Die, I yeah. think is my wild card pick. I was thinking about a couple, but this one, it may not be the most, you know, sometimes a little cheesy, some of these movies, but just growing up watching them and then seeing it kind of like come together, it's kind of like watching Tony Stark snap, oh, but man. it's, oh, it's brought a tear to my eye. I, I know. I love that, man. <laughs> such a good, such a good wrap up, honestly. Yeah, Craig I'm so often really disappointed with the finales, but. This yeah, well, because no James Bond has ever had like a good send off movie because mm-hmm. all of them have been like, oh, well, all right, I guess he's done. This one, it felt like an actual like event so much so that like it concludes in a way where it's like, all right, they could have ended it here. Yeah, if they want, obviously, they'll recast Bond at some yeah. point. No, I thought it was great. Um, don't exactly know what Remy Malik's plan was in that movie, but it almost yeah. doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Don't think about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then just killer, uh, Adam Armis shows up in that movie for like oh. 10 minutes. And it was like cinematic Amazing. cocaine. I'm yeah. like, what the hell was that? Incredible <laughs> stuff. Uh, Payments, thanks for coming on the pod, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. 
All right, I'm here with Ronnie. Uh, for those who remember Ronnie from the episode on Space Jam 2 and Scarface. Uh, Ronnie, when it comes to the year of our Lord and Savior, 2021, uh, what was your favorite movie of the year? Uh, my pick is going to be A Quiet Place 2, which mm. I think was in May, I think. Yeah. That's when I saw it. Uh, and the reason why, um, I think it was everything I wanted, like in the sequel. Um, I think is yeah, it was a strong sequel. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for the third. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's like, it's impressive that they were able to like be, it, it felt like a natural like continuation of the first one in a way where like if you watch the two of them back to back, like, you know, you're not missing anything. I feel like the, the events were like directly after the first one and it just kind of flowed really. I mean, obviously the kids got older, but uh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah, showing, like, how, you know, the aliens got, you know, to Earth and everything, like, that was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I forgot about that. Yeah, the prologue was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And they brought in uh, John Krasinski back in that beginning. That was cool to see him again. If they yeah. do a third one, do you think they should bring him back in another flashback? Um, why not? <laughs> I don't know what they'll do. It didn't hurt. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I hope Krasinski, like, I, I mean, obviously, I hope there's a part three, but I, I hope Krasinski like keeps making more uh, movies because he's really talented at it. I agree uh, with you. The dude's killing it. Um, all right, now you have a wild card pick, whether this be another favorite or you know a movie you didn't like so much or maybe in the middle. Uh, what would your wild card pick be of the year? So my wild card pick would be um, Old. Mm. And I like it because I think this was, uh, this was my favorite, I guess, like, I guess original concept idea like it's something that like I hadn't seen before yeah like so it just like um I like yeah the concept I do wish like a different director like kind of was over it and in control of it you know to make it a better like overall movie maybe right. uh make the ending like a lot better uh but like overall I did like enjoy the movie and uh it was kind of surprising because yeah I didn't think by December I would still you know hold it kind of i guess as high as i do <laughs> yeah you know it was a moment in time uh m night Shyamalan, yeah. no one else is doing it like him and you know god bless him i feel like every few years we just need another outing from the guy because we'll see something good or bad something that we haven't seen before so you know at least he tries at least he tries he exactly the, the man swings yeah. the man swings he whether does. it's a home run or a foul you know that's up to you uh he does. but you know i agree i agree um well, thanks for being on uh, the segment, man. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll have you back on the pod relatively soon. So. Sounds good. All right. I'm here with my buddy Taylor. Uh, for those who remember, Taylor and I talked about uh, Shang-Chi as well as La La Land and Whiplash. So the heavy episode there. Um, now, Taylor, when it comes to 2021, what would you say was your favorite movie that you saw that year? My favorite movie? In, I, I'd say... Last night in Soho. Yeah. All right. Why'd you enjoy it? Um. So Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's like Baby Driver is like one of my, if not my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So I really was looking forward to it going in, and I didn't know anything about it. Um. And I liked every single aspect except the plot, if that makes <laughs> sense. But the sure. plot was still good enough to where it like it it, it supported it enough. Mm-hmm. to where it was my favorite because the way that movie was shot and just 
Um, it, it was a very well shot movie. There oh, were yeah. a lot of very cool shots and very cool scenes. Um, and I left the, that was the movie that I left the theater feeling the most after I was like, most of it was confusion. I was like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very clear um, that throughout Edgar Wright's filmography, he's only been like improving as a director um, mm-hmm. in, as far as his visual style goes. And there's a ton of really cool sequences in Last Night in Soho that really you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is a madman. There um, was one scene in particular. Um, I, I don't know if you remember. She. It was near the beginning where the girl like was just starting to like have all these things happen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she like was walking down an alleyway and then walked out of the alleyway and then she walked in front of this movie theater and it was in the middle of like a bustling street in the 60s and like Thunderball was on the uh, playing at the theater mm-hmm. and then like the music swelled and there were so many lights and my jaw actually dropped like I was like <laughs> wow like that nice. was definitely my favorite scene nice very yeah. very cool Awesome. All right. Now you have a wild card pick. This can be someone that you love, someone that you hated, someone a bit underrated. Uh, what's your wild card pick for 2021? Nobody. Nobody. Nice. Nobody. All right. Cool. Yeah. This was the movie that I probably overall it had the most fun while watching. Yeah. Uh, I love Bob Odenkirk uh, just because I, I mean, it, Breaking Bad, just amazing. Better right. Call Saul. But so I had to go see it. And the. I was not expecting Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that was uh, and a fun he, <laughs> he was just kind of there, and <laughs> he made me laugh every time he was on screen. But nobody also, I, I just had a smile on my face the entire time watching it. Yeah, and it also gave me the biggest laugh of any movie in 2021, oh. where he's screaming at <laughs> the guy, <laughs> "Where's the goddamn kitty cat bracelet, motherfucker?" I I lost it. I, oh, I yeah. thought that was absolutely hilarious. Incredible stuff. Um, yeah, no, Bob Odenkirk, just a king. Uh, and that was from the same guys who did the John Wick uh, movies. So, you know, oh, was it really? I think so. Yeah, that's oh. why the action is just so crisp and clean. It was. It really was. The, the fight um, scenes were just. It was a very well made movie. Like, yeah, it was stupid, but it was good. Right. No, it had it had a self awareness to it. Yeah, um, yeah. That it knew what it was. Closer. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. God bless Bob Odenkirk. I'm so happy he's doing okay. I got very scared when. He had like a heart attack or something earlier yeah. in the year. I was uh, like, yeah, he had it on. I think it was either on set or like it was during something about Better Call Saul. Yeah, but you know, thank God the king's alive. I yep, love that he's guy. He's fine. Exactly. Yep. Jesus Christ. I love that. All right. Well, Taylor, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me back. Of course. All right. I'm here with my father, Adam Ward. Uh, for those who remember, he was on the episode where we talked about Moneyball and a lot of sports movies. Now, uh, father, um, <laughs> what would you say uh, out of 2021, what was your favorite movie that you saw that year? So I liked uh, two of the theatrical releases this year. I liked the Spider-Man movie, which I just saw. Yeah. And I also liked Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for some reason, I really liked the ca- the Shang-Chi one just really quick. I loved the characters. It felt new. It felt fresh. Uh, I thought the bad guy was pretty compelling pretty compelling yeah. likable for a bad guy also really good action for yeah i thought so too yeah. I, I thought it was lighthearted, and you know i enjoyed that very much as far as the spider-man stuff goes um i thought i knew what was coming but even though i knew it was coming i still really enjoyed it i thought watching the three of them interact uh pretty that, great that was the highlight for me and i it made me kind of like those 
other two even more. Yeah, know? it definitely makes you like reconsider the Andrew Garfield stuff. You're like, was he was really good. In I liked him. Bad yeah, movies. Yeah, and they didn't they didn't mail it in, and I'm glad it wasn't just a quick, you know, five minutes. They were a big part of the story, so yeah. I really did enjoy that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Marvel had a pretty good year, all things considered. You know, with a thousand Disney Plus shows. And... Let, let me just say this: like, yeah. I saw a DC preview, and it's just it's too dark for me. <laughs> like, it's just so dark. Like I don't know. Like I'm looking at that Batman and. You know, I know it's you're alone on an island. I know. I just I just don't think anyone's gonna smile in that movie. Yeah. And I just don't know if I can deal with the darkness of you wanna know who's gonna be smiling in the Batman? Me. <laughs> I'm gonna be smiling in the theater. Uh that's okay. Cedric Diggory and that's right. Yeah, show just, face. He's I back. Know. I know. But anyway. So. Um, all right. Now, when it comes to, you have a wild card pick. And this can be anything that you uh, liked, hated, underrated, anything uh, uh, to top off the year. Sure. As we as we had kind of previously discussed, I do love documentaries. And I kind of went back and looked at what I had watched this year. And uh, two kind of emerged. Well, and one of them was just the untold series and the bad sports series both of them are on netflix and okay like it's stories i didn't really know much about i mean the mouse in the palace was one of those but there were other things i had never even heard of and they were fascinating so i've watched most of those installments and i just saw that they re-upped those for more in the future so i'm okay. excited about that but, but the favorite thing i watched this year was last chance you the basketball edition oh of course yeah and it came out this spring but it was about the year um 2019 2020 which ended at the start of the pandemic so right. i kind of knew what was coming at the end and i still you know anyway but it was great the characters are great i love the coach but man it is a it is a you know a, a band of misfits at uh this la los angeles community college but uh compelling stories and you rooting for these guys and they all seem to land in a good spot so i really like i really like that right as well this year. they shared off with football right football yeah. yes and that's the thing too like they did two years in, in a mississippi football two years of Kansas junior college football, and then one year of like California. And like the coaches, the California one guy was fine, but the Kansas guy was a psychopath. Like yeah. I actually think he might even be, I don't know if he's in prison, but he, he's just nuts. So yeah. this coach was the kind of guy you would have over for dinner. Right, you're he like, I like this guy, yeah. He, his intentions, all of his intentions were in favor of his students. And right. like the kind of coach that you would want to play for. So That's I really exactly. enjoyed that. And then just watching him kind of hold it together with, his team. So I really, that was the favorite thing I saw. Nice. Adam boy. Well, thank you for uh, coming back on, you know, uh, one of these days we'll talk about the first half of Parasite <laughs> that you got through. Didn't even get to the twist, but uh, you know, oh, man, man that right. sure was exciting. Thanks for having me. Bro. No problem. All right. All right. I'm here with Taylor. For those of you who remember, Taylor was in the German Hansen, Sweeney Todd pod. Um, that rhymed unintentionally. Uh, Taylor, when it comes to 2021, what would you say your favorite movie of the year was? What's up, Blaine? Uh, my favorite of this year uh, is not a surprise to you, uh, but it is Dune. Oh, uh, Amy. Dune, Dune, is my, Dune is my number one. And so what's what I think is so cool and so crazy is that I went into it wanting it to be my favorite. I had been looking forward to it since like the first trailer and thinking like, I think this will be my favorite film of that year. And then all of a sudden it comes out. And um, first time I was, I, I thought it was pretty good. Second time, basically loved it. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think they just, uh, it just looked like it was going to have this big old, big old scope. And, and that's 
that's kind of what they did. Like the scale of this movie. I don't know if you have anything else to say about the scale of this movie. I mean, I saw but- it in IMAX and I felt like an insect. I was like, I am very small. Um, but yeah, no, I love Dune. Dune was awesome. They always put like something really big next to like a human. Just like <laughs> how big these actual things are. Like I think th- there were many a time in this in this movie where like out loud I would just say an expletive because of just like the sheer grandness of something in front of me and uh and so that's i don't know that that and and how it was the uh i kind of respected as time went along the structure of it being like this huge battle that usually would probably happen at the end kind of happens toward the end of the second act and then the third act is them um just trying to survive in this in this desert and then ending in ending in like a smaller uh more personal battle and everything and so i so I rec- kind of respected that this is gonna that that's that's a different structure that I don't usually see, and I think it'll work even better as a whole with uh with number two coming out and in, in uh whenever that'll be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of those cases where with like Deathly Hollows or something like when we all watched Deathly Hollows Part One, we're like, yeah, that was good, you know, that was kind of cool, and then Part Two comes out and we're like, okay, we can only ever now watch Part One with Part Two. I wonder if that's gonna be the way with Dune and Dune Part Two, where it's like, all right, Dune was awesome, but like when we get Dune Part Two, like the marathon that's gonna happen is gonna be insane. A five um, hour, yeah, five hour marathon of just ooh. big old desert movies. Oh, baby. Good comparison, actually, with Deathly Hallows. Yeah, well, you know, uh, older people had Lords of Arabia. We have Dune. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, how, many, no. how many Lords of Arabias are there? I think there's only one. But I'm saying as okay. far as, like, desert spectacle goes, uh, every generation should have a movie set entirely in the desert. Um, also, I definitely just said Lords of Arabia instead of Lawrence. But uh, <laughs> That's a very different movie. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to you have another um, film to talk about here, whether, you know, a good movie, bad movie, kind of a wild card. What would you pick as a wild card of 2021? What do you so want to my talk? wild card is one that um, definitely underperformed. And uh, and I saw just kind of on a whim one day, like, oh, I could just see this. And it kind of it kind of threw me back. It, uh, it was uh, The Last Duel. Yes, Taylor. Yes. Okay, so last duel, I uh, I saw, like I said on a whim, I I I looked at the at the show times and I was like, you know what, I got some time today. I like these guys and also like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are writing a movie. How how is this gonna be uh gonna be bad? And so I heard like pretty good things, and so I I just went. The first thing I loved about this movie was that, uh, it I saw that it was in different sections. And that you he- and that these different sections are are the same story, but from different points of view. Mm-hmm. So there's there's Matt Damon, and then there's Adam Driver, and then there's Jodie Comer. I mm-hmm. think is her name. Yeah. So and it's all centering around this uh, this attack that was that was placed upon her, unfortunately. And so um, and so then you see you see these different sides, and and you see how how uh, people view themselves as a as a hero especially like like when you're a man in uh in a male dominated world way back way back in this time so like um there were like these little details like matt damon going up to adam driver and being like let there be no bad blood between us but then when adam driver's uh side of the story is being told it's him that's like let there be no bad blood between us so they both 
see themselves as this as this great guy or as these great guys. Yeah, it's one of those movies where the more you go on, the more complicated and darker it gets. Um, because when you see Matt Damon's side of things, you're like, oh man, this guy's kind of a cool guy. And then you see the other two perspectives, you're like, I don't know if I like Matt Damon now. And it all it all Ooh. leads into like this really emotionally complex finale when the titular last duel comes in and it's just riveting and nobody saw it which is so sad i know well yeah i don't i didn't have anyone to i didn't have most anyone to like talk talk about it too i was just i i wasn't asking everyone but like someone would would uh would bring up like a movie they saw recently and i was like did you see the last duel because no one else has seen the last duel and they'd be like oh yeah no that seems that seems good and i know they didn't see it liars yeah, uh, the last thing I want to say about that, Ridley Scott, uh, just a king, did that and House of Gucci in the span of, like, released them in the span of, like, I don't know, a month away from each other? Truly king oh. shit. Um, he's you know. in his, like, mid to late 80s. The man is on another level, and I think we all need to bow down to King Ridley. Um, but yeah, awesome. No, Last Duel was super sick. Not, uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Um, thanks, Taylor, for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Blaine. Uh, I appreciate it. And <laughs> this is a per- this is a perfect time for my mom to be coming into my room and getting the- getting the thing real Bye quick. Guys. Bye, <laughs> Bye, Bob. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, I am here with Fee. Those who remember, she did the episode on uh, Jennifer's body with me, which that was a lot of fun. Um, now, when it comes to 2021, what was your favorite movie of the year? Um. As an Anglophile or mm. somebody obsessed with England um, and the British family, I think they're train wreck, but they're fun. So I love Spencer. Nice. Yes. I think it was a fun to get to see Kristen Stewart out of her normal character type, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and I love Princess Diana. So it was fun to get a movie about her. Um, although it was gut-wrenching a little bit because, you know, Princess Diana. But that was my favorite movie, so. Yeah, no, Kristen Stewart was insanely good in that movie. There's, like, a lot of moments where I, like, kind of got, like, hypnotized. I'm like, oh, wait, that's Kristen Stewart. That's right. Yeah, yeah, she she did such a good job because I, if I'm thinking about people who look like Princess Diana, she wouldn't be my first choice, but she did an amazing job, so. Yeah, hopefully, I I hear she's getting awards attention, so hopefully she gets an Oscar. I think that'd kind of be cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be great. Um, all right, now you have a wild card pick. This could be something you love, something you hated, something that could be a bit underrated. Um, what would your wild card pick of the year be? I would say Red Notice is my wild card. Okay. Because it was really good and really bad for okay. reasons. I liked the plot. Um, it was kind of you could tell what was going on, but I got. I got uh, shocked at the end of the movie. So sure, there's a lot of twists and turns in there. Yes, lots of twists and turns, um, but it was bad just because I don't think The Rock is the best actor in my opinion. Sure. Um, and Ryan Reynolds plays the same character in every movie he's in. So. I am on a Ryan Reynolds uh, hate campaign, but you know. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think his like witty, smartass commentary is just like tired, like. Yeah, heard it all before, but I did like um, the trifecta of Gal Gadot and um, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. I think that was fun. Um, I also loved the World War II aspect of it. That was kind of cool because yeah. I like I like World War II history stuff. 
Um, but yeah, it was good and it was really bad also. <laughs> well, there you go. Nothing more like a wild card than that, right? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, P, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. All right, I'm here with Elliot. Uh, those who have listened to the podcast know him from the Tom Holland Spider-Man episode that we did, as well as the Christmas movie uh, list that we did um, pretty recently. Now, Elliot, when it comes to the films of 2021, what was your favorite? My favorite film of 2021 was Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, because, uh, like I said on the podcast, you know, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I'm a huge comic book nerd. So seeing that film and seeing how they handled that film was was so special to me. And, and you know, uh, so many things that they tied up with, you know, certain actors um, mm-hmm. uh, was such a joy and, and meant so much to me, you know, and, and meant so much to so many people. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that, you know, Endgame was kind of hailed as this, you know, like, this is one of the most satisfying movies you'll ever see. And then this yeah. had to come out. And it's like, well, this was pretty satisfying new. Yeah. Like, yeah. goodness gracious, these guys know what they're doing, if you're in the oh, right yeah. uh, materials. But no, I, 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 that seems to be a lot of people's, um, uh, a lot of people have seemed to really be enjoying it. So it's very, very easily yeah. understandable why it's your favorite. Yeah. Um, Elliot, is there another uh, movie from 2021 that you'd want to recommend or warn or perhaps another favorite of yours? Yeah, I would say West Side Story. Was mm. Really good. It was just beautiful, classic uh, movie musical, but like very, very well directed and, and very well done. Just it's a very good film and wonderful performances and and you know it 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 was a really fun time to yeah there were a lot of musicals this year um (laughs) uh in the heights year of enhancing tick tick boom uh i'm losing my memory but there's other ones as well but the fact that like spielberg freaking stepped up the bat and he's like bam yeah this is how you suckers do it you're like oh my gosh all right. It was yeah. Um, it, was, it was a joy to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, that puddle shot. Oh my. Oh Lord. my gosh. Yeah. Blue oh, oh, gorgeous. Um, Elliot, thanks for uh, thanks for telling your your favorites. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for allowing me to do so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for this podcast. Thank you to all of my guests who were on the podcast, and thank you to you listeners. Um. You know, it's almost been a full year of me doing the pod, and I just had a really good time doing so. Uh, it's a good way to express my opinions and just have fun with it. You know, I don't do this for the numbers. I used to it kind of as an outlet to shoot the shit and talk about movies with friends and family. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you all. And I'm excited to uh, start the new year with some new episodes, new faces, but some old ones as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find uh, The Real View on any podcasting platform, Spotify, Google, uh, Anchor, anything like that. We're there. Uh, we post these things weekly. And thank you so much for your support. We will see you later. Bye.